problem too. Alex and Alex. Yeah. Tony. Tony and Tony. Tony. Um, um, Michael and Michael. <laughs> yeah. Morgan uh, and Morgan and Morgan. Morgan and Morgan. Yeah. When I'm doing the edit, I mean, looking for things that are irrelevant to this episode, <laughs> it's going to be like there's nothing. <laughs> it's all it's all gold. We should open the episode with this bit. Charlie <laughs> and Charlie and Charlie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's still going. A pair of a pair of Charlies. <laughs> Excellent. An ale for me and for my officers. In fact. Ales for everyone. Oh. Turn backwards. With Rick and Rick and Will and Emma. Oh yes. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to another episode of Ten Backward with this man called Will Turland. Hello. And another man called Rick. Palmer. Hello. And yet another man called Rick Everson. Hello. And finally a lady called Gemma Turland. Hello. Listeners, if you are still with us, um, that, that was a that was a really ramshackle introduction, which by the time you get to hear it will sound incredibly polished because we've had to edit the hell out of that to make it work. But the, the reason that we did something so ridiculous is that it is our 100th episode. And it didn't seem fair to give any one of, one of us the honour of introducing this, la- this landmark event. No. We've got an opted for the drink of celebration. So we've got a, a bottle of uh, uh, the Chateau Picard uh, champagne. champagne very exclusive. Very I think exclusive. it's... It's about £2,000 uh, well, direct from Picard's Vineyard. In the future. And uh, Will is just about to. I'm going to pop the pop, pop, pop the, the space cork. cork. Space cork. Can you just, um, as it were, um, can you just? I'll um, oh, get your medical tricorder yeah. at the ready. Also, don't point it directly at the light. Bit oh, in. okay, right. Let's just see. Oh, come on. Oh. Oh. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel that was um, that was worth it for the for the theatre. I haven't heard you make noises like that since you read Rick's erotic fan fiction site. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ching. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, everyone. Ching. Cheers. I am raising a glass. I have no clinkies here to do. That can show up. If it hadn't been for COVID and everything, we probably actually would have really oops, splashed out on some uh, celebration stuff and been all together, wouldn't we? Yeah, we would. really would have. Yeah. yeah, it's a shame that we're doing this... Um, apart but we're we're, we're still yeah, we're still gonna spirit. have a, yeah exactly yeah. yeah i mean ultimately it's it's really good a lot of podcasts fail after about five episodes and we've stuck with this so i kind of think yeah. it is worthy worth um, a, yeah. having a little celebration and patting think, ourselves on the back yeah a lot of podcasts <laughs> it took them five episodes to fail we failed <laughs> at episode one and we've continued to do <laughs> that a hundred yeah. times yeah. yeah so the the idea initially behind this 100th episode was that we wanted to talk about why we're talking about Star Trek. <laughs> what would possess people to get together uh, and give give their evenings away to, to making a podcast about a TV show? Hmm. Um, 
And then, you know, we kind of thought, well, there's, there is a lot of other Star Trek podcasts out there that they're all doing the same thing, basically. You know, why, why, why is everyone doing this? Why would they do it? Why? And, and then we thought it would maybe would be a little bit indulgent to just talk about ourselves for an hour. So we, we've approached a few other podcasts and, um, and recorded some interviews with them uh, to see why they like to talk about Star Trek. Hello there. I'm Ross. I'm Jen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we host a podcast called Snap Trek, which is uh, a sort of a competition podcast where we compare two episodes of Star Trek with each other. And we, we also write... Um... Star Trek poems of variable quality, I would say. <laughs> no, that's not true. The, the poems are of exquisite quality, and you're lucky to hear them. <laughs> Great. My name's Jim Morehouse, and I uh, host the Trek Ranks podcast. And Trek Ranks is really a show that's just all about the reasons we love Star Trek. Just kind of come up with topics and and make it all about, we don't have any negative lists, so it's all about only the reasons we love Star Trek. I'm Rob, so most or some people might know me as uh, Trekkie Rob on Twitter, and I run Trek Book Club. It's a Star Trek book club. Each month we pick a different Star Trek book, we read it separately, and then we come together at the end of the month on Twitter and discuss it. Hi, I'm Rich Masters. Um, I'm a career writer, I guess is um, an adequate description of what I do now. Um, so I'm one of the writers for Tapon's Theatre on Subspace, which is a, uh, it's sort of a podcast. It's more a comedy, serialised drama. So my name's Andrea. Um, people who sort of frequent Twitter and these types of places might know me as Vin. But I'm one of the co-hosts on Trek This Out. Um, we've been around since sort of earlier in the year. Um, we started off when Picard aired. Um, so that was the, the fir- our first episode actually was a review of Nemesis. And we're, we're currently reviewing Discovery um, as it comes out each week. My name's Terry. Um, and uh, I am the, uh, I guess, the host or, or the person who introduces the Whom Pods Destroy uh, podcast, which is a, a Star Trek discussion podcast, which focuses predominantly on the original series of Star Trek. Shall we? St- shall we ask ourselves the questions that that we asked those other podcasters? Mm. Oh yeah, just because we got up to a hundred episodes and collected some really interesting interviews doesn't mean that our listeners get a break from us oh god no no what were what were our questions <laughs> yeah. oh that? will you were so you were so good in the interviews <laughs> i think our first question was um what was their podcast presumably yeah. anyone listening to this now knows the answer to that question but how how would you describe our podcast, Gemma? Oh, uh, a rambling um, mess. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I mean, don't... <laughs> Gemma, are you the one who's been putting those iTunes reviews on? <laughs> <laughs> I always like to imagine that Ten Backward was the um, was the other bar at the other end of the ship. So Ten Forward is obviously right at the front. Ten Backward was the other end of the source. It's Deck Ten, and it's the rubbish bar that all all the all the uh, the lesser known or 
less impressive crew gathering. <laughs> or, or, or better. Yeah. I mean, it, it could be like um, like the battle bar, <laughs> like the battle bridge, <laughs> yeah. a, a battle bar. Yeah. Ooh, I, like I think. I think when Lower Decks came along, I was like, yeah, actually, kind of that's the kind of people I was thinking of. Yeah. In that yeah. Gathering that's in true, that actually, isn't it? Because um, yeah. on the Enterprise D, when the sources separates, that would take Tem forward with it, right? So the, yeah. the, the, the drive section would still need a bar, wouldn't it? So, yeah. Absolutely. There we go. Yeah. It, it sort of makes sense. <laughs> I, I mean, they, I, they're the ones going to battle. They definitely need a bar. <laughs> I picture the sort of the, the physical location of Ten Backward as being a like a really small kind of almost like in a Jeffrey's chair. Yeah, almost Jeffrey's. <laughs> it's a slightly wider Jeffrey's chair. Yeah, and uh, small, like lights a panel. don't work quite. It's like quite. a micro, like a micro pub. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, totally oh, like that. It could be in a legal, but they've set it up under the radar. Yeah. Oh, of, of, well, uh, they'll interfere the... with communications. <laughs> Brewing their own bathtub gin. Oh, I like it. Or sonic shower gin. That's yeah, what they yeah. did with all of Neelix's bath water. Oh, and, uh, oh, 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 heady stuff. Hmm. But yeah, it's it's a conversation. Hmm. The, yeah. the the podcast is a conversation between friends. Honestly, when we started, I kind of it was like a great excuse just to go get together with you guys and have an evening talk in Star Trek. So, yeah, the, the fact that people listen to it and enjoy it is a, is um, is is a massive bonus and really really lovely to hear. I think as well. I mean, well, me and you we've done we've been doing a a show on community radio for a little while, which came to an end. I mean, I really enjoyed doing that. Um, there was a, that was a lot of fun, and it was. Yeah, there was definitely. I definitely still wanted to do like a some sort of project with you because I I really enjoyed doing that. Um, and I think you know that was that was part of it. Still having some sort of creative output because uh, mm. for a long time I had not really. I felt like I was a relatively. I felt like I was a creative person, but you know I wasn't really musical. I wasn't an, a writer or an artist or anything like that. And, but um, but doing radio was a lot of fun. And another aspect was that we we all used to get together and have something uh, that we called Star Trek Club, which is just <laughs> pretty as cool. cool. <laughs> but it, I mean, it, you know, it involved uh, going around to someone's house and having a drink and watching Star Trek. Mm. But we'd we'd pick a theme, mm. and then we would sort of introduce episodes that we'd chosen around that that theme and our our introductions became more and more elaborate and we started doing videos and powerpoint presentations and and um, fight scenes where you punched me in the face i that did happen <laughs> that, that wasn't live that wasn't <laughs> quote, unquote, <laughs> yeah, quote unquote accidentally <laughs> yeah we we played the um the star trek roleplay game which uh, this is before the current one star trek adventures this was the old decipher system but yeah we did have a we had an ongoing thing, so we'd, we'd we'd have a we'd have like an hour of playing that, and then we'd watch an episode, well, four episodes. We'd each pick one, wouldn't we? Then you know the practicalities of life meant that you know we we started to to raise young children and um, get older and got older, got yeah. older, and th- suddenly it was not so practical to meet up and and dedicate. Mm so much time to just um watching star trek yeah so yeah so th- there was a part of wanting to rekindle that 
fun that we used to have. Yeah, um, our, our beloved Patreon patron, Ian, um, has described us as basically a chat down the pub about mm-hmm. Star Trek, which um, I think is kind of fairly a, a, a fitting description, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, we do, yeah, every so often one of us will have to go to the to the loo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ten backwards. Laddie, don't you think you should rephrase that? Ten backward. Ten backward. I first got into Star Trek when the Naked Time, no, no, the Naked Now was on, which is a remake of the original series Naked Time episode. But anyway, that got me really into it. And then later on, I found that there was a club in the local area. used to have meetings on a monthly basis, last Saturday of the month. Uh, And they used to have episodes taped in america and sent oh over no them. this story again how many times do we have to hear about rick and his old vhs star trek club that he used to go to i just oh he doesn't need an origin story every episode you know what i mean and from then on there was you know it's a really refreshing star trek podcast it's it's snap track they actually have a sort of a great a great format and a great idea sort of comparing two different Star Trek episodes that have a similarity. I don't have to hear what, what Ross and Jen think about, about Star Trek, actually. Hello there. I'm Ross. I'm Jen. <laughs> uh, we host a podcast called Snap Trek. So we select two episodes that have a similar theme. Um, and then we sort of draw some categories out of those episodes and decide between us which ones work the best. And then we we choose an answer for the category. So it could be best alien ship or, you know, most horrifying moment or best line. And then we pick the bit which we think is the best and have a big chat about it. And it's great fun. <laughs> well, well Ross, Ross came up with the idea first. He made a tweet about, you know, just a, just a, just a, a broad idea for how about, how about, how about this for a podcast? Um, and, and I, I read it. I was like, Ooh, that sounds like a really good idea. So I, you know, I messaged him, are, are you serious about this? <laughs> would you be interested in actually doing this? <laughs> Cause I would be. And we just kind of went from there. When, when about in your process did the poems come in? Yeah. Well, pr- pretty early, I think. Right. Because we, we knew, you know, well, if you're listening to a podcast, <laughs> I guess this deep into Star Trek, you probably know, you know, the episodes that we're discussing. Um, but, you know, just to, to just to refresh. So we didn't want to, like, spend a lot of time in, in each episode, you know, recapping what happens. You know, we figured you're a little bit familiar. So we thought, but we should still maybe talk about the episodes a little bit. So we thought, what's well, a fun way to do that? Why, why have all subjects to podcast about? Why Star Trek? Well, it's my favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> like Ross, like Ross said, you know, it, it'd be, I would love to just be, be able to talk about it all day to everyone, but um, you know, they're like you said, not everyone's going to be as interested in getting into the, you know, minutia of every episode of Star Trek ever, um, and I get to indulge that here uh, with you know with other people who feel the same way I do and like to talk about all that stuff. And it's just great it's, fun. It's the same sort of reason I set up a Star Trek Twitter account. You know, I, I had a Twitter account where I yeah. had my friends and my family and some work colleagues on and I'd make Star Trek jokes and no one would respond. I'm like, I need to, I need to find more Star Trek people to talk to. <laughs> so I'm like, and they were getting, you could see it was like 
I was doing it. I was just talking about Star Trek too much. It's like I'll go to a place where nobody minds. It's the Twitter. It's the cheers of, of uh, Star Trek conversation. Um, that's why I set up I like a specific Star Trek Twitter account, which very rapidly became the only account I use. And it doesn't hurt that there's new Star Trek on TV, and there's always something new to talk about. Because for quite a long time I was on Twitter, and we were just mining old episodes and you know making jokes about what happened to Picard in Series 2 of TNG. But now we've got masses of new stuff to talk about. You can talk about old, you can talk about the new and... And that's one of the fun things about Snapchat too, is we could compare and like we're gonna our next episode coming up is gonna be comparing an episode of the original series to an episode of Discovery and you know, can combine everything and there's so much to talk about. Yeah, it's it's not it's not just a science fiction show that's telling, you know, a sci-fi story. And I do love that about Star Trek when they explore something that's just super weird and you'd never have thought of that, and then they come up with a solution which you would never have thought of either, but it's just perfect. That's great. But Star Trek really is, and this is what is common across all this series, it's a vision of the future which you can strive towards. It's not just science fiction that tells a story. It sort of has a purpose. Yeah, it's much more self it's much more reflective of society now, isn't it? And Discovery's doing a great job of being super representative because that's what we need. That's what we need in society right now. We should have had this you know, and now we've got it, and it's it's showing us where we need to go—a vision of what's going to happen in the future. And isn't that the best? When Star Trek poses you a question, I often say this about Tuvix. Only Star Trek could make the episode Tuvix because it takes a Star Trek scenario, which is beaming, it creates a, it takes a Star Trek trope, which is transporter accident, and it creates a problem which, even after twenty-five years we have not wrapped our head around and decided what is right and wrong about that scenario. And that we're still, you know, what, every two weeks on Twitter, somebody's talking about whether Janeway murdered Tuvix or not. You know, you got Westerns, science fiction, comedy, horror. They do the whole lot. And it's all set on a starship, which is just the best. Not, this is why we're still talking about Star Trek. <laughs> we'll never end. There will be, never be <laughs> 10 backward. We'll never run out of <laughs> topics. And Snap Trek will never run out of topics to talk about. <laughs> the thing that uh, I really, that is always brings me back to Voyager is the character of Janeway. I cannot think of especially for the time a single female character that is so oh for flip's sake here she goes with the bloody janeway thing yes she murdered two vicks great but after that you know she's fine but most of the time she coat had to tell her to stop being a dickhead um no one goes on about chicote i tell it i don't know Actually, um, check this out. That, that's a quite a good podcast. They might have gone on about a bit about Dracote. Oh, we did have that chat with Andrea about Trek this out. I wonder what she'd have to say about it. So my name's Andrea. Um, people who sort of frequent Twitter and these types of places might know me as Vin. I, I would say that we range from the, the very serious and sensible to the absolutely ridiculous. Um it's a podcast with a, a sense of humour. Um, I think as hosts, we all have the ability to send us send ourselves up. Um, we are a little bit sweary sometimes. Um, some of us are cruder than others. Um, 
So we tend to mix the a bit of daftness with, with a little bit of sensibleness. We, we've got Lindsay to keep us on the right track, I think. I think myself and Bob in particular are inclined to get sillier, um, particularly when egged on and encouraged. So how did you um, how did you get into it, or how did, how did you get started with the podcast? Um, well, I came on your show, um, which was very, very helpful. It was very nice of you to sort of have me. It was one of my first kind of podcast experiences. Um, basically, my friend Lindsay um, was a guest on the Doctor Who podcast um, by picking a bit of an argument with Bob the Host on Twitter um, and how she ended up on there. Um, and Bob was kind of planning a, a Star Trek version um, and he invited Lindsay on and said, do you know anyone else who might want to sort of come on the show or maybe I think initially me and Lindsay were going to kind of alternate weeks um, and we did the first one we had a really good laugh so so we decided all of us would, would do each week um, and I think initially I was kind of brought on as the the lay person because um, I, I did very much describe myself as an, an accidental Trekkie um, and it's funny because I think Star Trek's kind of it's always been in the background in life. Um, I'm very much of that kind of six o'clock BBC two generation, um, which would will, will make sense to, to people from Britain of a certain age. So I've always watched Star Trek. It's always been a kind of part of my life. Um, and I think when Discovery came out, I kind of got pulled into this Trekkie world um, via Twitter. Um, I decided to go to Destination Star Trek Um to um, get a particular autograph. Um, when I booked my tickets, I didn't really know anybody. Um, I thought I was just going to go. I'm going to get my thing signed. I'm going to get my nice photograph. I'm going to go back to my hotel. I'm going to get the train home. Um, and by the time I got there, from I think I booked kind of March, February kind of time. By the time it, it sort of rolled around to the end of October um, 2018, I knew loads of people via Twitter and I had a really good time. Um, and I think that's kind of a lovely thing. Um, about Star Trek and about sort of particularly in the online community, I think it's it's quite a welcoming place. Well, what is it fit for you, maybe, do you, that makes like Star Trek such a compelling subject to talk about? I think it's one of those things that has almost become bigger than a TV show, um, it, because there's so much of it over such a long period of time. I think partly, like there, I've just pulled out a couple of memories from childhood, um, but I can watch new Star Trek this week. Um, so it, it's a bit mm. constant, I think, and sometimes I think you kind of, you can benchmark those periods in life by what was happening in Star Trek. Um, I think there's that huge element of world building to the point where, like, like the Federation feels like an actual thing sometimes, and you have to remind yourself, actually, like, that's fictional. That does not exist. Um, but we still have these ideals about what it should be like and, and what it stands for. Um, and I think a lot of those ideals that come through Star Trek are, are things that we do aspire to as people. So I, I think there's that kind of aspirational element. Um, but it's very character-driven. And I think everybody can find the character that they can identify with. Um, they might not even be the character that you like the best, but you think, yeah, yeah, I can see myself in them. Like, you've also got that degree of memory, and it's that shared experience, which is really, really nice. Um, don't ask me why, but for some reason, trying to get into a casino at half past three in the morning, and they say that Spock has to remove his ears and wig to get in, it's just, it's going to stay with you that. 
But yeah, I do. I, I think it is a cultural reference point. And when Mira Lorca was um, dispatched with a sword, and there was a tweet with a picture of saying find Prime Lorca on Jason Isaac's Twitter. And I'd just been stupid because it, it's what I'm like. I just put, don't worry, he's fine. He's in my basement. And it kind of got traction. Um, and it, it, I, I feel like I inadvertently started a cult. Um, I think people were saying cult. Um, I hope they were saying cult. Um, but, yeah, it just kind of it became a thing um, to the point where, like, there's been women in Australia who've like gone to a convention and gone to Jason Isaacs' autograph table and said, I'm in the basement. And he knows exactly what we should, they're talking about. You've, you've kind of spearheaded um, charity things as well with, under the team basement name. You kind of, as, as accidentally as you say, it's kind of, yeah, I think you have kind of maybe spearheaded it more to a force for good. I think f- fandom can be quite a powerful thing in lots of different ways. Um, and, and yeah, for like, I am quite. I do have quite a, a sort of serious job in real life, uh, and there were a couple of other people there who we kind of we work with with people who, who kind of need that additional help, who are vulnerable in some way, um, and do that that type of work. So I, I work with, with kids with, with sort of social, emotional, mental health needs, um, who often have quite chaotic lives. Um, Deb, who's kind of second in command in a lot of ways because Deb's a good organiser um, and a good galvaniser of people. De- Deb works with, with refugees. She's, she's in social work. Um, so I think that probably comes from who we are outside of fandom. But also, if you can use that to do something positive, um, again, I, I think that's quite a, a good thing to do. I, I think at last tally, I, I think we hit about £5,000 for spread across various charities and um, Great Ormond Street. Um, I did a, I did an abseil and a swing through a waterfall in December um, to raise money for that. That was very, very, very cold because um, I'm quite northern and it's cold anyway um, and there was snow on the ground and I didn't particularly enjoy myself, but I did it. Um, the Red Cross is another charity we've raised money for Um and sort of we try to kind of spread it around. Um, we did one for Lumos. Um, so it, it is, it, it's sort of, it, there's this big group of people who come together for something um, and share something, and it's quite nice to give something back. Um, and I think we've been very lucky because we get quite a lot of signed goodies and things to give away. So um, that that is a massive boost to, um, to our fundraising efforts, yeah. Because I do think the interesting thing about yesterday's enterprise is the when you, when you really get into the time travel uh, mechanic of it, it doesn't quite work unless you invoke a bit of head cannon. Oh, and you take these sort of God, he's doing it again. Um, Every time we have to listen to this, I'm just going to drift away into my safe space of books. Who else likes books? Because Rob, uh, Rob Chapman. Because I can think about Rob and his beautiful book club. C goes back in time. It's a book club. It's a Star Trek book club. So we we um, each month we. Um, pick a different Star Trek book, we read it separately, and then we come together at the end of the month on Twitter and discuss it. 
Um, and I started it because I've pretty much consumed every piece of Star Trek there is out there. And the only thing that I could think of that I hadn't consumed was the um, was Star Trek novels. And I, th- I thought, and I'm a, I'm a really slow reader. And I thought, and and I know if if I was just reading it just me on my own and not really discussing it with anyone, I needed some sort of motivation to make myself read them and and stick with it. So I knew if I started a Trek book club and try and get other people to read with me, it'd uh, it'd keep me on course. I, I'm quite uh, I, I like to analyze and pick things apart, so I think I'd still have fun if it wasn't necessarily a star trek book that i was discussing but a hundred percent it's more fun it's way more fun because it is star trek and and also it's the 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 type of people that get involved are without sounding really cheesy they're my sort of people you know that they're, they're just massive nerds <laughs> so um it's it's really nice to you know delve into this uh, literary world of Star Trek and nerd out with people that you know uh did you did you ever expect it was going to sort of be as 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 popular as it is no <laughs> next question <laughs> no um absolutely not like I thought there might be I'm you know one or two I, I knew a few people that um read Star Trek books so I thought they might get involved um but nowhere near um you know the the numbers that that, that sometimes do I mean Sometimes there's a good 20, 30, 40 people that are reading and tweeting along. And, you know, we've had um, sometimes the authors tweeting along and we're asking questions and they mm. they contribute and tell us that gives their insights. On the odd occasion, we've even had um, uh, st- the actors in Star Trek, um, a few. I was re- we were really lucky. In fact, I think it was the first two books we did for Trek Book Club way back in 2017 um Aaron Eisenberg um took part and, and we didn't I didn't tag him or anything he I think I think she's actually someone might have because otherwise that would be very random how we saw it <laughs> um but he he just jumped in and started talking about Nog and and uh we, we were discussing the DS9 relaunch novels um Avatar which are mm-hmm which take place straight after the end of um, season seven in DS9. And there's something that uh, there's a, something that Nog does and something that how he reacts to something. And we were asking, you know, why is Nog doing that? You know, is that, is it fair? You know, and, and he took part and said, Oh, well, actually this is why I think Nog would do that. And this is why he would say that. And it was quite nice, especially now that, you know, sadly we, he's no longer with us. I mean, there's a lot of Star Trek podcasts out there and um, a lot of people talking about all sorts of different aspects of Star Trek. But why why Star Trek, do you think? It's especially in this year of all years. It gives us, you know, hope, optimism, you know, a brighter future, something to aim for, all those things, however much they've been said before. They're all true. Uh, but for me, it's um, it's about the f- the f- friendships actually that in the in the real world that it, it brings people together um and it, the the people that on the whole i mean not necessarily everyone that loves star trek is is uh my sort of person i'm sure there's a few people out there that, that maybe not but on the whole 
you know the people that I've I've met and I talk to and you know that are Star Trek fans like me they're they're just awesome people there's definitely a kind of a sense of community in um in yeah there really is yeah I mean I'm sure you get that with a lot of fandoms but there's something about uh the Star Trek community and 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 the you know the the community through social media um they're just you know, on the whole really friendly inviting welcoming people um and I, I remember when I, I first kind of discovered you know Star Trek Twitter and you know I started connecting with people because before it was just me watching Star Trek on my own not really having anyone to talk to about it because nobody I know uh likes Star Trek and then I found I discovered Twitter and there's people on on Twitter that that love Star Trek as much as me and then it just you know I, it's just I've made so many friends I you know friends genuinely that I, I can see being lifelong friends people some that I haven't met I've yet to meet others that I've met at conventions like like yourselves um and it's been yeah it's just awesome it's an awesome community so the, the, the amazing thing about Leafy is it takes a 50 year old story and helps puts a whole new spin on it that the, the, the fact that this whole Sarek Spock, argument has was so prevalent back in journey to babel oh, and Rico, now it's, it's really going on about uh, the exploration of Vulcan society and discovery in that episode lethay i mean it was fine but i don't know not really my cup of tea but uh, i just need to think about something else i like to pun like that uh, was rich's podcast to puns theater on subspace maybe that's what i can think about the podcast started off as a joke and has become something a little bigger there's about 10 of us that work on it regularly um it's professionally produced um we've got a guy who does complete music for it um and it's professionally edited um we've got a team of four writers it's insane it's uh it's a very I was saying earlier about how everyone loves the labour of love. This is a real labour of love because there's so many people working on it. But it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, difficult at times, but ultimately very enjoyable for us. How did you get involved with it? Oh, so um, it's insane. So we were all fans of um, a podcast called M Class Podcast, which is still going. It's by uh, two guys called Josh Henderson and Jeff Pennington. And they do a episodic book club of star trek um and uh some of the fans started writing in fan fiction which is essentially like their own characters that exist in the universe of the two podcasters um and then we started writing scripts uh that would be episodes and then those episodes became full treatments and then they became full scripts and then we decided well you know let's do it properly and let's uh, write a podcast based around that. And it started off the first season was an in-joke. Um, and so it wasn't, you know, wasn't as successful as some of the other stuff that we've done. But uh, it's season two took a turn where we essentially just started writing seriously. So I guess your your Star Trek podcast stands out slightly differently in that it's it's fiction rather than a sort of discussion podcast. It's based around those ideas that 
you know, those water cooler jokes that you tell about, you know, like one of the things that started the podcast was um, my friend David said to me, um, do you think they have DJs um, and radio in Star Trek? And we, we batted it about back and forth for a little while and just then it became like a bit that we were doing. Um, and our main character, who's called Tapon, is a Vulcan DJ who runs a ship dedicated to trying to find logic in music. Um, but yeah, uh, it just started like that. It started really, it started with jokes. It started with jokes and then it became a story that we told. It was sort of like campfire stories um, that turned into scripts. It was really strange, but it's not a standard podcast. No, it's a serialised drama, essentially, like those old pulps that you used to get that influenced um, Indiana Jones and Flash Gordon and stuff like that. What is it, do you think, about Star Trek that draws so many people to want to talk about it or to, to write fan fiction about it and kind of to do something creative around Star Trek. Why like why Star Trek? It's that there is this whole world that you can mine for information and for humorous exchanges and stories and stuff like that. Um I was always fascinated by um some of the minor characters in Star Trek that are mentioned once and never mentioned again. Or characters like Ben Sisko's dad. Like he runs a restaurant. What are the logistics behind that? Like, does how it does getting providers and, you know, there is a replicator at the corner of every street, potentially. Why do people still go to restaurants? It's those sort of questions that I find super fascinating. Like, why do, do people have, um, do people have body image issues in Star Trek when all of your food is replicated? So, you know, Technically, it should all be healthy. Um, you know, it's those sorts of questions that I just, I love, those what-if questions. Um, and I think it just, it's it's literary, a literary goldmine for, for those what-if questions. But also, every episode of Star Trek is a massive morality play. Um, and I love what if questions. I, I just love it. I used to love what if comics and stuff like that. And um, episodes of The Outer Limits and episodes of The Twilight Zone. And Star Trek is that in a serialized form. It's just, it's always been an analysis of who we are and what we do and the choices that we make. And I love that. I love that sort of mirror that Star Trek holds up against us. Um and then we perverted it into a, a podcast that tells lots of off-colour jokes and things like that. But um, I think there's lots of room for there's room for pastiche and parody and fan fiction and in-universe stories, but also lots of lots of talk and chat and analysis and argument about Star Trek. You can you can talk about any element of Star Trek and you can debate it. If it's replicators or ship design or who would who would be the best captain if you want to reduce it down to its lower elements. And it's just so fascinating. It's such a big world and a big well to draw from. And I think that's it. That's why there's so much 
so much analysis of it is that there is such a deep, rich history and a deep, rich story. But they cling on to power mm. at the expense of an entire species. They do, yeah. Oh, no, no, you're completely right. And it's something we see happen with the Federation occasionally. Um, and it, like I say, it's exactly what it, it was Picard. They made the bad choice. They, they, yeah. they, they were faced with pressure. So but they made the right. same bad choice over and over and over again. They are, they are all encompassing. They are all loving until you are not worth their while. Oh, God, here she goes again. I just hates the Federation so much. It's like every episode we do, it's a, it's another rant about how awful the Federation is. Oh, I wish I, I wish I was listening to another podcast like Whom Pods Destroy, where, where Terry's so enthusiastic about the original theories. Oh, I wonder what that might be like. My name's Terry, um, and uh, I am the, uh, I guess, the host or, or the person who introduces the Whom Pods Destroy uh, podcast. Well, I've been a podcaster for um, a podcast called Sound of Football, which is a football podcast, as you can probably imagine. And, and also we, we do an occasional James Bond podcast called The Odd Job Pod. And so we, I, I do do a lot of podcasts. I, I like the sound of my own voice. And I, uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm egotistical enough to believe that other people will, will like it too. So, uh, and I'm a massive Star Trek fan. I've been a Star Trek fan since I was a teenager. And I'm now in my early 50s. So, you know, I... I, I just thought I listened to a lot of Star Trek podcasts and was really interested in their opinions. And, you know, the really good podcasts, it doesn't matter whether they're Star Trek or anything else, but the really good podcasts are the ones where you feel as though you're in the same room with them and that you're participating in the conversation with them, even though in a very, very real way you're not. And so, uh, I, you know, I decided to do that. I guess I got together with Derek and Graham. Graham's a, Graham, Graham and Derek are, are Star Trek fans, but I wouldn't necessarily say that they were quite as sort of like rabid as I am about Star Trek. But they're good company, they're good friends, and it, in fairness, it was also an excuse to you know get together and 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 talk, but to do so with a sort of like end product and and to publish it. So I, I don't know, maybe it's a it's, it's I think it's a more wholesome pastime for guys of a certain age than golf or something like that. You know, people go. Well, why don't you just get together and just talk about start what interests you without recording? Why do you feel the need to to publish this stuff? But I think you, you know, you're what you. I think what you're doing is you're trying to participate in a much much broader conversation that's going on all over the world by different people. And I think if you think of it in those terms, it doesn't seem quite so hubristic or quite so egotistical to do. Um, that you're that you're you're chiming in on a, on, on a larger conversation, and I think that that's 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 pretty groovy. Your podcast, you, you focus mainly on um, the original series. So, what it what is it about the original series that that drew you to that that sort of focus? Do you think? Uh, in all candor, I think it's just simply because it's the one that we know that we collectively know the most about. I mean, we're all. We're, I, I, mean, I don't know, but I mean, I'm pretty certain we're all a bit older than you guys, and and, and we so we were 
we were watching Star Trek, the original series in the 1980s when it was being rerun on the BBC. Uh, that's where I got my first video collection of, of, of the original series from taping it off the BBC and watching it endlessly. I think I have my knowledge of TOS or my recollection of TOS episodes is, is stronger than, than the other, uh, so the other uh, series. And, you know, it's, it, we're just fonder of that show than, than we are of the, um, of, of the other ones. That isn't to say that we think it's better. We just like it more. And are probably for the purposes of podcast, and this I think is very important, that we're more comfortable with the subject matter. Probably the most fun I get out of listening to like other Star Trek podcasts is, is, is you know, when I don't necessarily agree with them. Um, I mean, I, I worked in... Uh, um, I worked in broadcasting for a while and, and I used to handle like viewer complaints. And I, I learned that that experience kind of taught me that, you know, you should allow yourself to be challenged by other people's opinions and to listen to them. Um, especially when it comes to stuff like Star Trek, cause it's not, you know, it's not like it's important. It's like a TV show. So, you know, you, you can allow yourself to sort of like be challenged by other people's views and, and opinions uh, and then, yeah, if it inspires you to be, you know, kind of creative as well, then that's great. And like the post-production side of things is fun and doing the editing is, well, actually, that's a bit tedious, I'm being honest with you. But, I mean, it, it, in principle, it's fun. It's rewarding. It's rewarding work. And, you know, it's quite a nice thing to have to do, particularly if you're sort of like, you know, maybe, you know, sort of your job doesn't necessarily give you as much fulfillment as, you, as you'd like. And, you know, so, yeah. What do you think it is about, about Star Trek that, sort of draws people to to it and and fuels that passion for wanting to, to talk about it well i, th- I think it, I, it's it's the the journey that the the the, the 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 franchise has gone on down the years itself is it's, it's been on something of an adventure itself it's i mean it, it from almost from the well actually from the beginning it was fighting for its life uh, yeah, the cage was dropped. You know, after one pilot episode, it was never picked up for a full run. It, it got another chance, which was very, very rare back in the nineteen sixties. It was almost cancelled after two seasons, and, and and thanks to some good PR work by Gene Roddenberry and an, and an outstanding letter writing campaign, it was renewed for the third season. You can decide for yourself whether that was actually a good idea or not. Um, you know, it, it went through various different attempts to bring it back in the 1970s before finally arriving at motion picture. And that, although didn't tank financially, certainly tanked primate, you know, critically. And, it, you know, Wrath of Khan had to come along and save it from, you know, from the jaws of defeat. I mean, you, you know, could have killed the franchise there and then. We may not have been, it may have been years before we'd see it come back again. And it's, it's always had this, and it's, it's going through this kind of a bit of a crisis now, I suppose, really, because there's this huge schism within the sort of Trek fan community about what, what it is, what Star Trek is. So I think that that, that journey in itself as, as it attracts fandom. I think people, because it's not just enough to like the stories and to like the shows. You'd have to have a sense of ownership. Uh, of a stake in in something like Star Trek, and 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 so yeah, you become involved to a degree in the politics of it and the, on the commercial side of it, but more broadly, of course, they just tell really, really good, interesting, engaging stories that are, for in in many cases, reflective of our of our time or the time with which they are made. So they are either reflective of our societal issues 
or they're just reflective of how we tell stories and the nature of how we tell stories and how we act and the kind of characters that we have in there reflect who we are and were. And they're just really, really interesting. But there's just this, I think more than anything else, it's just the build quality in these episodes is outstanding given the challenges that they've had to face in terms of production, you know, in terms of, you know, degree of resistance from networks. You know, they've, 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 some of the, even, I know you guys don't know how much of the TOS stuff that you, you watch, but I mean, I know they're very limited and they're very outdated, but I mean, the way in which the stories are told to get as much story and as much passion and out of them with as little money as possible is, is really exciting. And in, in it, they don't have to make them like that anymore. So they don't, and it's probably a good thing, but you do develop an appreciation for a method of storytelling, which is now, you know, dead or perhaps more reminiscent of watching a play than say watching a movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, Voyager, oh, you know, E. James Jumpers, so Voyager because yeah. of E. James Jumpers, which remind me of Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of name is E. James? You see, I don't get it, you see. <laughs> there you go. It's him to Bill Cosby. <laughs> what kind of name is E. Oh, James anyway? Flip's sake, he's on a, he's doing the bloody Bill Cosby impressions again. I just, oh my god, oh my, oh my god, that's just so dodgy. Um, I wonder what, I wonder what the, um, I wonder what Jim of Trek Ranks would be making of, um, of, of like why we talk about Star Trek and podcasts and stuff. My name is Jim Morehouse, and I uh, host the Trek Ranks podcast, and I, I have a website called trekranks.com. And I started that just to kind of have a place to put down my favorites and lists and things. And then I realized, ah, this is actually make a pretty good podcast to uh, just kind of come up with topics and, and make it all about, we don't have any negative lists. So it's all about only the reasons we love Star Trek. I'm not interested in nitpicking or, uh, or bottom fives or anything like that. I just want to, to have people on and we talk about the thing we love. It's funny because you guys are doing your 100th episode and I'm about to do mine as well at the end of the year here in 2020. So it's been about uh, three and a half years, almost four four years of Trek Ranks podcast and yeah, approaching episode 100. And um, what what is it? What do you think it is about Star Trek that makes it such a compelling thing to talk about? Yeah, I, I always I think of Star Trek as a modern day mythology in terms of uh, the scope of the storytelling. So the thing the thing that has always drawn me to the narrative is not so much the canon because that can be a, a polarizing topic, but I love the continuity and the consistency and the way that they've been able to weave a story from day one in 1966 all the way to today that has a cohesive thread all the way through it, both, both in terms of themes and, uh, and the things that are happening in the story. And then also the, the visuals and that that's the thing for me that's always attracted me to track. Obviously there's the other part too, the, the morality plays and what it says about, uh, the future of, of the world and humans. And it's a real positive storytelling mechanism. But, the, but that part, I, of course I love, but the thing that makes it go to the next level for me is that consistent 
storytelling. And actually, I'll give you one good example. I've, I've said this before on my show, but if if in 1964 or 65, when Gene Roddenberry was creating this, the initial thing was, oh, Spock's a Martian, right? If if he had kept Spock as a Martian, I'm telling you, Star Trek wouldn't be where it is today because it would have it would have not had that dose of reality and continuity and consistency with what we're doing and the way uh, the rest of the 50 years has been. Because then right away from the very fir- you know, first story, you'd be like, okay, well, this can't be real. This isn't real. There's nothing uh, aspirational about it. And the fact that they changed it to Vulcan and then they just created all these narrative threads that just continue to feed off each other, it's kind of incredible. How did you decide on the format of your podcast jim my main reason was because i've listened to a lot of podcasts and i was listening to podcasts but i i gotta tell you i get when people start getting uh snarky i love snark i'm can be as snarky as anybody but when they get snarky without any end game or it's just kind of mean or it sounds like i know you obviously like the show because you're doing a podcast about it but it doesn't sound like it when i hear you talk about it and that kind of thing just turned me off. And I just, I was really, I was having trouble finding a podcast that was accentuating the positive things. I mean, I would literally listen to shows and think, well, what do you like about the show? Because it doesn't sound like you like anything about it. So that's what drove me to try to create a space where literally everything, and it can, I, listen, if someone said, ah, you know, I like your show, but it gets a little old. I'd be like, I totally get that. I understand <laughs> because I just want to create a space where every show is kind of timeless and you can listen to the things that you love about Trek and you don't need to worry about agreeing or disagreeing. Just be like, oh, that I see why that person loves that. It may not be my favorite thing, but I understand why he likes it or why she likes it or why they like it. What, so. what kind of inspired that? thought is the format of having of getting through so, uh, such a huge amount of different guests i've met a lot of people online through my uh, other twitter handle uh, at enterprise extra and i just felt like it would be a great avenue to talk to some of these trekkies and and friends that i'd made online and have a variety of opinions and uh, different perspectives from people that come from you know all different corners of the world and all uh all different uh, walks of life. So that that's been it's been really important for me to make sure I track and that you know we we're really representative uh, in terms of the people that are on the show. And we did you know we did our my favorite series that we do is our top five scenes, and we've done in a Jeffrey's tube on a shuttlecraft, um, in a cave. We did <laughs> we've done top five scenes in like seven or eight places, and we did recently top five scenes on earth, which is a really cool topic when you start thinking about all the time Star Trek has stuff happen on earth. And for that one, we did, we had an extra number of guests. We had five guests from five different countries on, and it was really cool to kind of, kind of have the whole, uh, the time zones from all over the earth, uh, represented. I had to record my session at 4 a.m for that so i i took the bullet on that one so <laughs> wow let's ask ourselves uh, one of the other questions we asked in our um interviews that we did with with other podcasters um 
what do you think it is about Star Trek that makes people want to talk about it? <laughs> Star Trek isn't any one thing. Not only do you have most different uh, iterations, you have a different feel. You you have every, you every episode handles a different subject, a different emotion, a different um, challenge, a different concept. So it gives uh, infinite conversation and in- infinite um, things to think about. Following up on what Gemma said, I mean, I, I just think it's um, it's an immersive world, the Star Trek world. It's something that you can really engage with if you're interested in those sorts of things. It, it offers a lot to you as someone who's, if you're a fan of science fiction, I would say. Um, it just has a lot of ideas within it, it, it and lots of different stories. It, it kind of it allows you to sort of it's, an, it's another world for you to explore. I mean, I would I would actually think that I probably didn't really become a proper a serious Star Trek fan until maybe I was in my twenties when I could appreciate it more. I had more time, perhaps, to watch it, think about it, and. And enjoy it, and 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 it and it really made me think about stuff. I so I think that's part of its quality too. Is that it? It's it. It can. It's something that you can still enjoy, even if you change. It's always there. Um, you know, it's it's it started in the late sixties. It's still going now, so it has that aspect to it too. It's a. It's a. It's almost like a historical document in a way. It's um. It's it's a. It's a you know, it's a window into how people imagine the future. Um, but it also allows you to talk about issues that are going on in the in the current world, in the present day, in that time. Um, but also it's just really entertaining. It's got great characters. Um, I think, you know, everything's a story. I think stories are really important to people. Stories drive pretty much every aspect of, of human life. Um, and... And that's and that's what Star Trek is. It's a it's a collection of stories. It's one big story, um, and that's why I love it. Uh, I read a, a bit of an interview with with Ursula Le Guin, the sci- the, the author, and, and she was talking about science fiction and how it's not. I think sometimes science fiction can be described as escapism or, or any any um, anything that someone can enjoy. Is escapist. It allows you to engage with something that's not the real world. But actually, what Ursula Le Guin said in this interview was that it's not escapism. What she wasn't writing was escapism. It's like a a different world, a, a, view, a different viewpoint on something, a different way of looking at you know reality. Um, and and that's another thing that I think that Star Trek does. It's a it's a window into another world of of, of a set of people doing something that's familiar but different. Um, and you can you can enjoy that. You can take that however you want. Um, I think one of the, one of the beautiful things about Star Trek is it it is many many different things, and it can be something completely different to one person to what it is to the next. Uh, for me, originally, I was just fascinated this very colourful, bright space adventure stuff. Um, but I kind of just sort of it became my my model for what people should. Be, what they should be trying to be I think t- to this point it, it, it represents a future where humanity just strives to be its best and I think as the more we go through life 
the more that kind of is needed because in the real world, we're obviously confronted hugely by people who are not striving to be their best. Um, and somehow those people can get into very powerful positions, which uh, is very distressing. Um, so Star Trek is, 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 is that representation of a better future where people do try in, in much better ways. Um, when Picard says it in First Contact, you know, we seek to better ourselves and humanity. It covers a lot of ground for me, both aspirationally and particularly when I look back at Next Generation, which is the first one I looked at, there is that sense of comfort and family and belonging, um, which uh, Next Generation, I think, massively has. Um, so it's got a lot of meaning for me in those in that sense, too. Uh yeah, it's something I, I can happily talk about it for hours and hours. And, yeah, podcasting is one avenue for me to do so. Well, I think, yeah, I think for me it's it's all of those things that we've talked about. But as well, I think I feel like I have a relationship with Star Trek, which is an odd thing to say about a TV show. But I feel like it's been in my life for so long. And I remember feeling... Uh, like so excited by next generation when I was at school in secondary school and having occasionally having conversations with people about it, who sort of people who I knew that, that watched it, that felt like it was, it was, it was incredibly exciting. And I felt like there, there was nothing else on TV at the time that was, that was quite like that. You know, over the years, I feel like it's, it's sort of come and go gone a bit, but, but now that it's that it's back on TV, it's like oh, it's like a, it's like an old friend that you've sparked up a uh, a conversation with again, and it's like you've you've not lost anything mm. in, in those years. Yeah. Um, but it's I think that's a lot of that's to do with the like the world building that Star Trek does, and it feels like you can come and go from that world. When you come back to it, it's still the same the same world you know the the world that you knew when you watched tng like 20 years ago you come you come back to that star trek world and it's it's still there i think i think the there is a dark side to it being so uh, something to everyone and it's not one thing is that people Mm. can take different things from it and then you have the people who say well, you're not a Star Trek fan because you think A when actually it's B, mm. and that can that's that is that that I suppose that's the dark side of any fandom. It's not just Star Trek. Yeah. It's anything Has- that hashtag people feel not- emotional about. Yeah, hashtag not my Star Trek. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I kind of think about that. Well, yeah, it's 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 not your Star Trek. It's, it is. Yeah, exactly. It's. You know, your Star Trek is your own idea of what Star Trek is to you. Exactly. I think. Well, any any art form is is not completed until somebody views it, and the person who views it comes at comes at it with their own personal biases, their own mm. life experience. So everyone is going to impress something that is themselves upon whatever they're viewing, and you know, Star Trek as much as anything. One question we asked the other Star Trek podcasters was, what's your favourite Trek series and episode? Mm-hmm. Which, okay, I mean, is, that, is, that a trite, is that a trite question? No, it is no. not. <laughs> it is a brilliant question. Does, does anyone else want to talk about their favourite Trek series and episode? I differentiate between favourite and best. 
because my favourite Trek series is Voyager, but I fully acknowledge that it's not the best series, in, in my opinion. Deep Space Nine, that's the best, uh, but, but my favourite is Voyager because it's the one I grew up with. My favourite series is Voyager because, I mean, I, yeah, I'm a massive Janeway fan. And if I had to pick a series, I think I would pick, like Gemma, I would pick Voyager. Well, my favourite all-time series is Deep Space Nine, and it, it's it's just so good. I do have a massive soft spot for TNG, and I will, you know, that's the comfort food series that I'll just stick an episode of TNG on and let it play through, and just four episodes later, you know, I better go to bed. I always lead towards TNG, because that's the that's the one I I grew up with. My, my favorite series is Deep Space Nine, for sure. I love them all, but Deep Space Nine is my favorite. My, my sexy, my sexy favorite series is Deep Space Nine. My comfort's favorite series is TNG. I could not tell you my favorite episode. But my favorite episode is TNG's Parallels, because it's, it's just a classic sci-fi trope. Lots of variation of the same of the same dimension, different dimension, wars flipping around. It's super funny. Gets a gets a bit awkward at the end. All resolved in forty five minutes, and they do it really, really well. I can never remember any of the episode names. I love yeah. the one where uh, <laughs> the dinosaurs uh, are, have evolved. Oh, uh, distant yeah. origin. It depends on how I'm feeling on the day and if I was to go episode it's really difficult because like everybody I kind of sort of say depends on my mood I love Inner Light um, but my favourite episode is actually from Voyager it's Blink of an Eye I love all the heartbreaking ones I love a bit of heartbreak the one with the fake Voyager crew who all yeah, die oh god yes <laughs> my favourite episode is the TNG episode Relics because it's a love letter to the original series, basically. I can remember every single Star Trek fan loved Best of Both Worlds when it came out, and it it will always stay in, in that in that sort of like bracket of best ever episodes. But I find as I get older, episodes like the Drumhead just keep rising to the surface, and that episode is an hour long conversation of set-piece, back-and-forth conversations. No action happens at all in that episode. Everything happens in two shot for the majority of it, and everything is one-on-one conversations. And it is just superbly written. And it's so great with so many quotable lines of Star Trek that just are as relevant now, if not more relevant now, than when they were written. And yesterday's Enterprise always stands out as my favourite in in every single way just feel like it encapsulates every single thing i like about star trek i mean do you know what the one that i well, the, probably the episode that i go to the most usually if i've had a bad day or if i'm not feeling well or or anything like that and I just, then i will go to best of both worlds parts one and two i just love that i mean that story is just such a, an amazing story the borg are at their peak you know it's got that fantastic cliffhanger it's got that riker shelby subplot you know this it's just all going on there and it's got that filmic quality that i 
but I really, really enjoy it. I mean, there are, you know, I mean, like City on the Edge of Forever is an amazing episode of Star Trek. You know, Inner Light is an amazing episode of Star Trek. And objectively, there are probably better episodes than Best of Both Worlds. But like, you know, like, you know, I get home from the pub drunk and if I can stay up, you know, I will probably put that episode on. My favourite Star Trek, because it has always been my favourite Star Trek, it is Rafa Khan. Um, I won't hear any bad words said about it. Um, I know there are bad words that can be said about it. I just don't want to hear them. And it just evokes like a bank holiday weekend or Christmas or or some other kind of time where everyone's in the house watching and just the whole family being together, watching and enjoying the same thing. The Voyager episode, uh, The Void, that's it. The one where they get stuck in this like kind of wormhole type void space thing. And they have to they have to create an alliance with all these different ships in the void to try and get out and survive. So they create like a mini federation inside this void. You know, I've got a list of favorite episodes. I'll just do all the favorite episodes for each series because that's what I do. TOS is Devil in the Dark. The original series, the Corbomite Maneuver is my favorite episode, but the Trouble Tribbles is my is my comfort food episode. For TNG, my favorite episodes are Redemption. I just love the Klingon arc uh, and that two-part episode. To me, just huge world building that kind of changed the game for Trek. With TNG, the best of both worlds, is my favorite. But I think um, Rascals is probably my comfort food episode, the one that really makes me smile. For Deep Space Nine, my favorite episode is Past Tense, another two-parter. I think my absolute favorite of Deep Space Nine well looking for Parmark in all the wrong places is my comfort food episode because that episode always flipping makes me smile and i think the marquee two-parter might be or past now maybe past tense for voyager my favorite episode is blink of an eye it's a lot of people pick i think voyager deadlock's my comfort food episode and equinox is my favorite for Enterprise, my favorite episode is The Forge, and not because I had the good fortune of being uh, appearing in that arc as an extra, but The Forge is just that good. It's my favorite episode. I was in the second episode, Awakening. Enterprise, um, the three-parter with the Romulans, where um, they're making peace with the Andorians and the Tellarites. Because that really sums up so much of the beginnings of the Federation. To me, that's my favourite. But my comfort food episode is Fallen Hero, where they um, they finally break Warp 5. And then for Discovery, I, Context is for Kings is my favourite. I just love the way they set up the series with Black Alert and all the mysteries. Discovery, um, Lethe's my favourite, where... Um, we find that we, we basically get a whole rewrite of the Sarek Spock falling out and how Michael figures in that. Uh, and my comfort food episode is magic to make the sanest man go mad. For Picard, it is definitely Nepenthe. Picard, Nepenthe is my comfort food episode because Picard reunites with the Rikers. But um, in Arcadia, Ego Part 2 is definitely my favourite because it just culminates the whole series. For Lower Decks, I cannot believe I'm going to say this, because if you had told me I was going to pick an episode called Moist Vessel as my favorite, I would have said there's no chance that's going to happen, but I love that episode. So, so smart, so Star Trek, and so funny and clever. In Lower Decks, 
I've got a joint comfort food and favorite, which is the final episode. And short tracks, my favorite on any given day is either the escape artist or Calypso. I usually pick the escape artist, but I also just love Calypso. <clears throat> and that's it. That's all the series. Oh, my favorite movie is uh, The Voyage Home. So there you go. I just rattled them all off because that's what I do. And back with Laddie. Don't you think you should rephrase that? Ten backward. Ten backward. I've been struggling a bit with whether or not I want to carry on with the podcast. And I think it's because I feel a little bit of an imposter syndrome going on because I'm not as huge a Trek fan as, as you guys. And I haven't really felt kind of like I belong. But listening to all the interviews... I kind of I I feel a little bit more included because I've allowed myself to. It's like when Trekkie Rob talks about the the um, the community. There's suddenly you kind of feel that you are included in something that. But yeah, just the inclusion that it, you you don't necessarily have to tick all the boxes. You just have to feel you have to let yourself feel involved. And I think that's that's a takeaway for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I this is the first I'd heard that you had any sort of concerns about your level of inclusion. Um, and that that kind of makes me sad a little bit because um, I think I think your 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 opinion and insight into the podcast is is, is as valid as any of us. I think because you, you, there are so many people who are kind of really invested in the um, the law and the facts and the times and the episodes and what you know the ships. I think sometimes, I mean, uh, that that absolute level of fandom is glorious. But it's sometimes if you don't, if you're not invested in that so much, you feel less um, genuine, for want of a better word. I mean, you feel more like a, a tourist, I guess. I mean, yeah. I, I understand imposter syndrome because I've, I've suffered it in, 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 in various areas. But I, I would hope that the whole thrust of this episode is that your fandom is what you make of it. Do you ultimately, do you put an episode of Star Trek on and enjoy it? Yes, you're a fan. And, and therefore, your opinion on anything is as valid as the person who can recall alphabetically every bloody entry in the Star Trek encyclopedia. It doesn't matter if you recall everything. Do you enjoy Star Trek? Yes, you're a fan. End of. And so you can give an opinion on an episode that is as valid as anybody else's. Just the idea that you'd ever sort of feel that you didn't belong in there is sort of really... Is 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 awful because I you know I think you're an integral part of this podcast. Every kind of voice that that has an opinion on Trek is is valid, and I think it's like it wouldn't be an interesting podcast. I think if we had uh, four people who were very anal about, say, Trek <laughs> canon, <laughs> or who were very anal, full stop. In general, yes. Like I think you need a mixture of of opinions and viewpoints. Absolutely, I, I mean I massively value the critical thinking skills that uh, 
that you guys all bring to it. Because if it was just me going, I love every episode of Star Trek. I great, I love every episode of Star Trek, but that's kind of boring in the long run as a podcast. And no one hates the Federation as much as you <laughs> exactly. do. Why bring that? We literally did an episode on that. <laughs> I remember the first time I went to DST, there was a point at which I sort of realised I could... I felt a bit overwhelmed uh, because there were so many people there who were clearly uh, had made more effort. I, th- I felt they made more effort than I had in terms of dressing up and things like that. I felt like I was a... I felt like I was a bit of a tourist Star Trek fan, not because of anything that was said to me. Everyone was really nice, but I just felt like it, it kind of it made me aware that that there are people where that put so much more effort into their fandom than than I do. Mm. But there was a point at which, as a point at which I, I realized I could just kind of you know introduce myself to some other to people I didn't know and. And like get my photo taken with these people who dress up and everything, and and that was a really lovely moment. Um, I, I think it's great that we've spoken to so many other podcasters about Star Trek and about why they like to talk about Star Trek. And after hours and hours of interviews and deep thought, we basically are no closer <laughs> to a definitive answer than we were at the beginning, other than. I said, it's just fun to talk about Star Trek, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I think that's why we've got to 100 episodes is because we have so much. It's, a, it's, a, you know, it's our enthusiasm plus just the, the rich amount of topics that we have to discuss. Um, and here's, I mean, to the, you know, here's to the next 100 episodes. Absolutely. Yeah. If there were definitive answers, we wouldn't have got past five episodes. Hmm. And that's the beauty of Star Trek. There isn't definitive answers. We've all got our own interpretations. We've all got our own enjoyments. But if we can share them, which we do, and everyone enjoys them and we make make these new friends through them, that's fantastic. I think something that's great about the medium of podcasts um, is that they, they don't necessarily have to be sort of engineered to the point to have a kind of a conclusion come to it to it and actually have a point <laughs> that we get to and thank goodness because i don't think we've ever once done that in the last 100 episodes <laughs> i mean it's, it's it's kind of like jim on trek rank says the whole point of ranking the, the five great things about whatever subject it's just an excuse to start a conversation it, it just wants to get couple of different people on and have a big old conversation about star trek hmm. yeah i think i think that's it isn't it I think, I, I think you have to ask the question does anyone have any final thoughts well do you know i don't think i've talked enough about this old star trek club i used to go to where they i'm gonna do a bill cosby impression yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be watching yesterday's Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> hey, here I am. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Guys, I hope you've really enjoyed this episode. It's been a really interesting one to produce. But yeah, if you're listening to this, then I've, I've managed to put something together out for <laughs> sort of 11 hours of audio. <laughs> uh, I, I can do a countdown of the swears on Twitter if anyone is interested during the editing process. You may break Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) 
so um, yeah if you go to whompodsdestroyed.com we are there and we are on Twitter and that but in a very sort of like middle-aged man kind of way I don't really use it as much as I should but so um, yeah I mean you can post destroy com, and we've got we've been going since 2015 now 16 2016 so we've got a reasonably good archive up there but not as prodigious as you guys but I mean it's still decent and uh, yeah please do check us out and get in touch if you've got any opinions you want to share with us uh you can find our podcast on twitter at SnapTrack, and we always look forward to hearing people's star trek poetry as we've discussed but also ideas for episode comparisons or your opinions on what we said about our comparisons or things that we picked um and you can just get in touch with me oh, i hate saying it out loud it makes it just sounds terrible i'm taborg at strtrk1701 <laughs> Um, I'm also on Twitter. I'm at Eda Quarks. And like Ross said, we're open to any and all feedback and anything else. We, we love talking Trek as, as we've you know been talking here and join us. You can find me on Twitter at Enterprise Extra or at Trek Ranks or TrekRanks.com. And yeah, give us a listen if you've never listened. But uh, we have a lot of fun, a lot of different topics, and we love hearing hearing your lists at Trek Ranks. Yeah, I mean, feel free to get in touch with me. The best place is uh, on Twitter. I'm at Trekkie Rob, um, and I've I've been a bit quiet on Twitter lately because uh, other things in my life have got in the way. But I'm, I'm still there. I'm still reading tweets and and tweeting on the odd occasion. But I hope to get back into and um, being a bit more active on Twitter. Um, so yeah, hit me up if you want to talk about Star Trek, Star Trek books. I'm always happy to do that. I personally am on Twitter. Um, I'm at Masters Rich. Um, TTOS, uh, sorry, Tapon Theatre on Subspace can be found at, at Tapon on Subspace or at TTOS.cool, which is a very 90s website. <laughs> all of the people involved with the production of the show, all their um, Twitter info and art info and editing info and um, the guy who does our music Fiddison, all his info is all on ttos.com so if anybody unfortunately wants to find me you might find me and run away very quickly um, I am at vintage1983v on Twitter and I'm Vin of the Basement on Instagram um, and I am vintage1983 on um various sources of fan fiction um not for the faint-hearted as a disclaimer um, but if if you you do have a slightly warped sense of humor please feel free to read um basement locker's log on there um trek this out podcast is at trek this out pod which you can find on twitter um and from your usual sources of podcasts okay guys um yeah, it's, it's, it's been brilliant, and uh, thank you very much for listening, and we hope to... We'll see to... you again soon for episode 101. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Do you realise how incredible this is? It's tradition. You ever noticed her bum? What? Her bum. Oh, no. I will say... I will say... Fewer things. Fewer things. Okay. Enough of this self-indulgence... Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, our website is www.loweredexradio.co.uk. 
You can reach us on the Twitters at at 10 backward, 10 being the number and backward being the word backward. We're also on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash 10 backward podcast. You can also email us at crew at lowerdexradio.co.uk. On a personal, individual level, my Twitter is at Will Turland. Rick Everson's Twitter is at TrekFanRick. And Rick Palmer's Twitter is at Mr. Imhotep. Hi, thank you again for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, you might consider supporting us. We have now have a Patreon uh, where people can uh, pledge small amounts to fund uh, ongoing projects like... Uh, keeping our website up to date, uh, um, new audio equipment as we're going along, and potentially uh, opportunities to expand our content. Uh, you can go look at this at patreon.com forward slash radio. Uh, if you don't feel you can donate but would still like to support us, we would love it if you could subscribe to us on however get your podcasts through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or we're on various third-party apps. And if you could leave us a review on any of those, that would be fantastic and would be very appreciative. Thanks again for listening, and please tune in for more podcasts from the 10 Backward Crew. Let's make sure history never forgets the name. 10 Backward? Laddie, don't you think you should rephrase that? 10 Backward. 10 Backward. Oh, there. <laughs> Man. Cold. Oh, stop it. Cold. <laughs> Rick. Prime. Hello. <laughs> oh no, I got it. I Prime. I went to say oh, Emerson. <laughs> oh, Palmer. I went to see Palmer. Oh. Right, you sorry. Know, I feel like this might have got away from us. Yeah. Palmer. Wait, should we should we st- <laughs> should we start again? Okay. Yeah. And I think this Let could be an ed- editing nightmare for Will. <laughs> <laughs>